Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. For the hardcore fans that tune in every week, you know that I haven't posted an episode in a while. It's been a combination of an insanely busy schedule and a very real case of lacking any sort of creative thought. That combo led to me never being able to sit down and produce any sort of cohesive topic that I could share with everyone. But to those who tune in randomly, or maybe you just discovered The Mental Golf Show, maybe this is your first episode, welcome, business as usual. So before I get into today's episode, I have a few things I wanted to touch on briefly. First, I have very exciting news coming from one of the players that I have worked with. Last month, my guy Jeff from New Orleans One of my players that I've worked with had his third hole-in-one. He was playing with his son, too, so that's super cool. Uh, Yeah, Jeff is an awesome guy, super hard worker. Um, But like I said, Jeff is in New Orleans, and his office was right where Hurricane Ida made landfall uh, recently, I guess last week now, um, or a couple weeks ago. Um, so have Jeff in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, like I said, he's a great guy, super hard worker, loves golf. Um, has, he's, he was a great guy to work with on a regular basis. So, uh, have him in your thoughts and prayers. Um, but yeah, second, like I mentioned before, my schedule has been insanely busy. Well, it's going to continue to be insanely busy. I have two tournaments of my own coming up. I'm playing tournaments coming up. This weekend is the North Carolina Mid-Amateur, and immediately after that is the U.S. Mid-Amateur. It's no secret, I'm playing in the U.S. Mid-Amateur. So back-to-back old guy golf, back-to-back Mid-Am golf. Um, And uh, most of you know uh, from listening to me or following me that this is my third and final exemption into the U.S. Mid-Amateur from what I got exempt into back from 2017, how I played. They didn't have a U.S. Mid-Am last year, so this is my third and final one. So, you know, naturally I could feel some pressure, um, like I need to perform in this one, and I want to. I have goals. I've got results goals of, like, making it to match play or even better, making it to where I'm exempt into next year and don't have to qualify next year, which I think would be top eight or something. That'd be a tall order for someone who's not playing very much, who's had a super busy schedule. Um, But that's my results. Those are my results goals. And we'll get into my process goals at the end of this, uh, later later in this episode. Um, But yeah, it's going to be some awesome golf at some really good golf courses. So as you can imagine, I may not be able to post much during all of that. In fact, lower your expectations. I probably won't post an episode till after all of that. But I'm really hoping that October slows down and I can get back to regularly giving all of you some more thoughts and experiences that can help you think better on and off the course. And third, and finally, I want to talk about the mental game assessment. I know a bunch of you have taken it already, and that has just been awesome. I've had so many assessments come in, like a flood. So I've tried my hardest to get to them as soon as I can. If you're not aware, the mental game assessment is basically a personality quiz. Like, 
think of like the Myers-Briggs or if you just Google personality quiz, it's basically that, but it's for your mental game. It has over 100 statements that you answer on a scale from one to five of whether or not you agree with that statement. And once you complete it, I hand create a report that breaks down your mental strengths and your core mental area in need of improvement. I use this assessment with all of the players that I work with in my coaching business, Foundations Mental Performance, and the work I do at Precision Golf School. I use this mental game assessment in all of that. But I want to give it to everyone for free as a little glimpse into what getting feedback from my mental coach can actually look like. And also, I want to give you some real value of things you can notice in yourself and have something to work on. Like I've said before, that's the purpose of this podcast. It's the purpose of the assessment. It's the purpose of this podcast. To help you be more self-aware of what's going on in your head and to give you tools with which to work on what you notice. If you haven't taken the mental game assessment yet, the link will be at the top of the show notes of this episode. So go check it out. And if you have taken it, I'm trying my absolute hardest to get to to get every report back. I really am. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm setting aside times here and there to just knock out several of them. And if you think you've missed your report, check your spam folder maybe. Uh, some people have said that emails from my email goes to their spam folder. The email to look for is foundationsgolf at gmail.com. That's foundationsgolf at gmail.com. Uh, that's where the reports will be coming from. All right, enough blabbering. Let's get into today's episode. As you know by now, Patrick Cantlay won the 2021 BMW and Tour Championship back-to-back and therefore won the FedEx Cup. Now, Patrick Cantlay isn't the most exciting player to watch or listen to, but that's exactly what makes him such good learning material. He intentionally goes about things in a boring way. He has learned that boring golf is actually the best golf. So I want to show you how he thinks, and I want to help you learn why it's how you should try to think too. So yes, he has two very recent big wins that have a lot of juice in them, but we're going to start earlier this summer when he won the Memorial in early June, another big tournament. If you remember, just to like jog your memory, this was the one where uh, John Rahm was leading after three rounds, like leading big. It had just shot like a 64 or something, and as he walked off the last green, he was told that he tested positive for COVID and had to withdraw from the tournament. That's pretty memorable, so maybe that can jog your memory of what this tournament was. Patrick Cantlay won it. Uh, he had a kind of a fight with um, uh, Colin Morikawa on that last day. So maybe you can kind of remember the situation. Um, in his post-win press conference, the reporter asked, You mentioned that Jack wanted you to smile more when you were winning. Do you still carry that forward? And Josh talking here, if you watch a lot of golf, then you've probably seen the way Patrick Cantlay can be. He can almost seem like he's not enjoying it out there. So it makes sense to suggest to him that he needs to show a little more emotion, to try to enjoy it more. 
But here's his response. Yeah, my natural disposition is pretty stoic, and so I'm pretty deadpan a lot. But that's not necessarily an accurate reflection of how I feel on the inside. So I do think it's good advice for me to enjoy it more and really enjoy the moment and show that I'm enjoying the moment, like trying to smile. And so I try to do it a little more of that. But in general, I feel most myself when I'm just locked in and really focused and kind of in work mode. So Josh now, he's trying to actively enjoy the good moments a little more, but at the end of the day, he really just tries to act like it's work, like he's just going about his business. Now, I have some random quotes that the PGA Tour posted on their Instagram recently uh, titled Inside the Mind of Patrick Cantlay. If you follow me on Instagram at Josh Luke Nichols, you saw that I kind of reposted what they said. Such, such a good quote. So the reporter asked him, you're very dialed in. Are you aware that that's the look that you're exuding? And Patrick said, I understand that's my look. I try and be natural. I try and be how I am all the time. And that's how I am all the time. I definitely am focused and intent on what I'm doing. And I think that's part of me. And that's part of of why I have success. So let's stop here for a sec. First of all, he's talking about being natural. How many of us try to be something we're not? Or something we think other people want to see? I think that's a huge part of why most players feel pressure is because they feel it externally. They feel it from outside of themselves. They feel it from other people. What will they think if I hit a bad one here? What will they think if I shoot a bad score? What if I'm not as good as they think I am? I went through my own struggles with this. Like, I didn't feel like I belonged. In my first U.S. Mid-Am in 2016, it was at Stonewall up in Pennsylvania. I qualified and showed up completely starstruck, like I had no business being there. I was absolutely not myself. I felt like I had to prove to everyone that I deserved to be there. Well, of course I deserved to be there. I qualified, just like everyone else. There are no flukes in golf. Listen to this. There are no flukes in golf. If you shoot a good score, it's because your skill level is good enough for you to shoot a good score. So, you should always be able to rest in that truth that you can be who you are and work hard to make yourself better. So secondly, he's focused and intent on what he's doing. Sounds very similar to the first quote about being focused and in work mode. And I want to mention one final quote that really hits the nail on the head. This is so good. Listen close. Patrick says, I've read some biographies of some different athletes, and I connected with Bjorn Borg's mentality. He's the tennis player from decades ago. Of Bjorn Borg's mentality of all I do all the time is focus on the point, or in Patrick's case, the shot, in front of me. And everybody else can worry about what's going on in the match, or the round, or the tournament, or all of that other stuff. But all of that other stuff is not important. Really, if I just focus on the shot or the point that's in front of me, I'm going to end up ahead more times than not. And as long as you stay in the moment and realize that you're competent enough to move the golf ball around from wherever it is, 
I think that's really what the game is when you break it down. And everybody tends to get lost in the bigger stuff that isn't that. And I try and really dial it down to that. So let's learn from this quote. You notice how he's stripping away all of the unnecessary, or as we call it on this podcast, all of the uncontrollables around him. He's boiling golf down to exactly what it is. Nothing more and nothing less. You have the next shot in front of you, and you trust in your ability to move it from here to there, and you focus on exactly what you want to do, and you let it rip, and the rest will take care of itself. You can hold your head high because you did all all those things. You focused on the controllables. How many of us worry about other players, the course, the weather, the conditions, the pace of play, how you hit that last shot, how it's going to be two shots from now, your acceptance speech after the round, your, uh, you know, how you're going to explain to everyone why you played so bad, all of these things that you simply can't control in that moment. But if you focus on what you can control, you're going to end up ahead more times than not, just like Patrick Cantlay. Now, if you're Patrick Cantlay or Bjorn Borg, you are going to end up ahead more often than not because you're really good. But if your game is a real work in progress and you're playing against players that are better than you more often than not, you may still end up behind. So to take what Cantlay is saying to the next level is even when you're losing, you still are focused solely on the shot at hand. And what this will do is give you the best opportunity to play your best. Now, here's a key. This is the purpose of the mental game. To give your physical game the best opportunity to show. That's what the mental game is. That's the purpose of the mental game. To give your physical game the best opportunity to show. So, that's your job on every single shot. To focus on what you can control in order to give yourself the best possible chance to hit a good one. That includes your focus level, your target selection, your club choice, your commitment to your shot shape, your commitment to your target selection, your commitment to your club choice, the trust in your ability to do it, the trust in your ability to move the golf ball from here to there, letting it go to your target, just letting it rip, and then accepting it. Or, in short, we could boil this all down to commit, trust, and accept. Patrick Cantlay has come back from taking a year off for a back injury. He took a year to heal from a back injury, and he won four times this season. And I think it's in no small part to the way he goes about handling a round of golf. You can imagine that he has this exact same mentality about his practice, his training, and his preparation for tournaments. He focuses on what his job is at all times, no matter what's going on around him. This is a great example for all of us to learn from. So, as we're ending this episode, I have a question for all of you out there. What distracts you the most during a round of golf? What gets you off of the track of focusing only on the controllables? I want you to let me know on the Mental Golf Show Facebook group. It's an awesome community over there that uh, has some dust and cobwebs on it because I haven't been there in a while. But I want you to head over there to the Mental Golf Show Facebook group and 
let me know and let the community know what distracts you the most during a round of golf. Probably if you have it, someone else has it. And if someone else sees that you have it, it can encourage them. So let let us all know what distracts you the most during a round of golf. You could also tweet me what distracts you the most during a round of golf at Josh Luke Nichols. That's my name, Josh Luke Nichols. Or you could send me an email. You can send the, the podcast an email, mentalgolfshow at gmail.com. That's my email address, mentalgolfshow at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. The next time you hear from me will most likely be in a few weeks after the U.S. Mid-Am. I'll be focusing on committing, trusting, and accepting on every shot to the best of my ability. I'm Josh Nichols. Catch you guys next time.